that's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, how was your thank you, G? Uh, it was really nice. Yeah. It was really nice. Went to a friend's place. He fried a turkey. Yes, I saw pictures. I did pictures. toasted ravioli, a St. Louis delicacy. You looked thankful. I was thankful. I remain thankful. As do I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful to see Ryan in the booth drinking a cold brew at 6 p.m. Bold. So bold. Bold move. Uh, Dana's over here. She's sending emojis on Slack. She's doing this. And I'm just painting a picture for people. Yeah. Oh, my God. By the way, was I think Sam just discovered that I called him a fuckboy last week. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, that did just happen. Was he okay with that? Do you think? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I think he's okay. I think he's okay. Dana says he's okay. Yeah, I think if anyone can shake that off, it's our own uh, Sam Kiefer. Yeah. If anybody can take that as a compliment, no matter how it is meant, which is still a it little was, vague to me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how it was meant, but it was meant as a compliment, Sam, if you're listening. Um, and then uh, the world got right back to work Monday morning, uh, making me uh, dislike it. Oh, God. Oh, uh, I mean, uh, this will all be, I don't even know where we'll be in terms of dissecting this by Friday, but- yeah. <sighs> Uh, which I mean, where do you want to start? Horror show are you referring to? Well, I mean, I really loved the uh, talk about fuckboys. The uh, the two like New York liberals who follow Trump <sighs> now, like they're gay. I gotta tell you, I just <sighs> saw their photo in the in the tweet, the New York Times tweet, and mm-hmm. didn't go past that. Mm. And I don't think I can. Yeah, I mean, you learn so much just from that photograph. What can you summarize? You, you for know, me? just from that picture, that they both call themselves snarky. Oh, you know God. what I mean? They're just they're real. So the deal is, first of all, they're not liberal. They're just gay. So they've they've donated yeah. to like gay causes because you know they have. But then they, um, you know, they're they're both fucking posh white boys. You know, who came from kind of wealthy backgrounds. Yeah. And um, and the real issue, the real issue, is not. That like Donald Trump is making America great again or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's that they um, they uh, they saw Chelsea Clinton somewhere and they waved at her and she snubbed them. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, and they were like, "What?" And then somebody got on the horn with Donald Trump Jr., who's like, "Oh, I'll come and meet you." Because I don't know. Because they, he just, they this all is they, all based on which fucking uh, yes candidate's child was yes. nicer to them. Yes, it's like I. And it's, you know, these fucking guys, you know, these guys, you know, they're just like, notice my sparkle or I will fucking ruin. Yeah. You know, like you, but I am fucking dazzling and you better be charmed by me and let me know it. Or you are, I am going to fucking, I'm going to fuck you and myself and the rest of us. And they're a married couple. I guess they are a married couple. Yeah. Yeah. They are, uh, they are absolutely loathsome. And, uh, oh, and, but they also went, they, I guess there were donors to Hillary Clinton and they went to the thing at the Javits Center the night that everyone thought she was going to win and she didn't win. And, uh, and then, you know, when people were sad, they were like, one of them literally says, I don't want to be in this misery pie. Oh. So they get in a fucking car and they go to the Trump celebration and they've been Trump followers ever since. Wow. Yeah. They just want to be recognized and get attention and, and not be. And never be uncomfortable. I will say again, as someone who did not read the article and uh, uh-huh. knows nothing about this, that I did see that our dear friend Brian Moylan mm-hmm. tweeted something about them that they, 
back when he worked at Gawker, which was years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. they were trying, they were like, yeah. li- they were also conservative back then. Yeah. So I think that this, this is like a constructed, like narrative, like storyline for them. They want attention and they got it. I mean, we're talking about them. I'm not saying their names because I don't remember their names and I never will. No. Uh, they remind oh. me very much of the dude who wrote the, the profile of Milo Yippopotamus oh, for right, right, Out right, Magazine. Right. And then, and then you, do you remember his experience? Because like he did this thing and then he, you know, the gays were spiky to him at brunch and uh, yeah, there they are. Dana's showing us a picture. Yeah. Are, am I attracted to them both? Maybe. No, no. Not in a way I'm proud of. No, no, don't, don't be. You're not. I've decided Ew. for you. No, just kidding. But no, so just, this guy who wrote the profile of, uh, of Milo for the thing, you know, then had a bunch of gay people kind of take it to him. And then from there he was like, well, I'm conservative. Like, you know, you're going to be nasty to me at whatever fucking, you know, Carrie Bradshaw ass brunch place Mm -hmm. I go to every week. Like, (laughs) fuck it, then then I'm go against everything that I ever believed. Well, you didn't fucking believe anything. You want attention. It's disgusting, but it's no, I, I, at this point, there's no, that's just as valid a reason to be a conservative as any other. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're all pieces of shit. Yeah. It's not, it's not a great, yeah. It's not a great moment. Yeah. In the meantime- Okay, there is a terrible, terrible gay gossip website mm. called Data Lounge. Have you ever heard of it? <gasps> yes, yeah. we're on it. Yes, I know. I can't believe we never talked about this. I know. I, I know. I got a uh, Google alert and I deleted it. Did you it. really? Oh, okay. It's, um, for those who don't know, it is like, it's like a gay gossip website mm. where like everyone who's straight is gay and everyone who's gay is fat is basically their whole thing. Like they hate everything. But uh, I, for what, and I had to stop checking it a long time ago because it is, is it's just, it's, it was Twitter before Twitter became a toilet. You know right, what I mean? Like right, it was right. the, every bit the toilet that Twitter was before Twitter became a toilet. But it's a little, and it's all, there's also sort of a gay, I mean, gay Reddit is gay Reddit, but also yeah. it's kind of gay Reddit, right? A little. Yeah. No, it's not, I don't, it's not as, it doesn't have the readership of a Reddit. No, no, It no. doesn't go as but deep this, as a Reddit. But in terms it's of just like, format. Everybody's gay. He's gay. Yeah. You know, the guy on New Amsterdam is gay or whatever. It's just everyone's gay. Unless you're actually gay and then you're hateful. Oh, well, I would imagine that, the, I mean, this. I, I, there was one line about me, but, oh well, God, Dana, I'm sorry. Dana is showing me the thread now and oh, I did see, not see this before. Yeah. I, okay. Let me just tell you, all I saw before was like, hey, Dave Holmes and Matt McConkey from Homophilia. Anyone know them? And yeah. some one comment was like, <laughs> I, I met Dave and he's amazing. And I met his boyfriend, Ben, and they're, yeah. and they're super cool and down to earth. Don't know Matt. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was like, great. There's one more. There's now. more. There's Dana, more. Now. I'm just seeing this for the first time. This says, okay, the first one says, I've been around Dave and his boyfriend, Ben, a few times, uh-huh. pretty unaffected mm-hmm. and, and sensibly normal, nice, approachable, and will entertain a conversation with anyone. Well, yeah, um, I mean, that's largely true. Then we have, <laughs> I think Matt McConkie is hot. Would love to see his feet. Yep. Two replies. Yep. What? I can't see what the replies I mean, are. Oh, I, think oh those, I see. Okay, okay. Those okay. Are, and then we replies. have, anyone have any dirt on homes? Top, bottom, dick size? Wow. <laughs> I hadn't seen that. Wow. Oh, they also said, the way McConkie talks about his unwillingness to be in an open oh. relationship makes it sound like he has an intense jealousy issues. Anyone have got... <laughs> It's, I joke about that myself. You're, I mean, that's... that's yeah, a good whole... psychological analysis person who listens... Oh, Jesus. Uh, so anyway, yeah. No, I wanted you to be aware that somebody wants to see your feet. That's so gross. It's, I, well, I, by the way, that's them. a kink that I'm happy to shame. Yeah. Interesting. Foot stuff, not for me. 
when I did DVD on TV, there was a message board on on fxnetworks.com. Yeah. And uh, and and nobody ever posted to it because why would you? Like the the okay, there were two people who posted to it. One was my dad who was like, I think Dave Holmes is great. And like <laughs> it was like Charlie Holtz or whatever. Like he would try to change his name, but it would it would just basically be his name. And I was like, well, this is clearly my dad. <laughs> and then there was somebody who posted under a bunch of different names that were like essentially the same that were like, I really like this show. It, it teaches me a lot about some of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Also, I like that Jennifer. I think it's fun when she has her feet up on the couch. Oh. And then the next one would be like, I really enjoy, you know, they're behind the scenes on big mama's house too. Yeah. You should have uh, Jennifer take her shoes off more often. Oh. It was literally just all trying to communicate <laughs> shoe and foot desires to our, uh, to our producer, which by the way worked. Uh, yeah. I, I, by Flash, the way, shoeless. I when when I um, Deanna Chang, friend of the show, mm-hmm. got there's a there is a guy back in our in our like uh, early LA theater days yeah. who was notorious for like going around the kind of like uh, 99 seat theater scene. Yes. Do you know about this? Well, was a keep going, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He would come in and 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 lie about his credentials and say he was like a photographer for backstage or something. Yes. And when you were rehearsing, and yes. he'd ask if he could take pictures, and we would be like, "Oh my god, this is going to be huge. We're going to be in backstage, or we're yeah. going to be in whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would start taking picture, and he and then he'd be like, "Okay," and then over here, and then maybe yeah, if you want to take your shoes off, get comfortable, whatever. And you and you're doing it, you're moving, you're taking your shoes off, and then yeah. you realize he's just aiming down, he's taking pictures of your feet, of your feet, yeah. Some friends of mine were in it. Were in a review in North Hollywood. Yeah, and uh, and afterwards he asked uh, my friend Mary Pat uh, for an interview, and in her in her one act in this review of one act she was in like white uh, stockings, but like had taken her shoes off. Uh-huh. It was a couple that was like getting ready for bed, so she was walking all around the stage in white stockings, and the result is that the bottoms of her feet were filthy. That is, that guy was like this, okay, ma'am, may I, you know, started to interview her, took out his camera. Luckily, the the theater director recognized him and kicked him out. But yeah, there's a serial foot journalist. Am I gonna get? Are we gonna get in trouble for for kink shaming feet people? I'm not. I I support it. I it's not my thing. But listen, do you? Just don't try to get mad into it because he's not interested. Okay. Um, Data lounger. Uh, at the same time, uh, Sean Mendes is now Mendes. I don't know. Is on the cover of Rolling Stone. Uh huh. And uh, and and he like tweeted about it today without including a link to the story, huh. which uh is not great. And uh, and he was like, oh, you know, listen, I'm not as sad as this, you know, makes it out to be or whatever. But there's a whole chunk about how much everyone thinks that he is a gay person, right? And I was like, okay, but what's he twenty, twenty, twenty one, something like that his reaction to it, like if you wanted to do an impression of me at 21, you would say exactly what Sean Mendes says oh, in this God. thing. Like if you want to talk about somebody like at, you have so much water. I you, spilled a ton of water on myself <laughs> and I, no matter what I do, it's like, I can't get it off of me. Uh, it, he's like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I should just tell you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. Um, but it did make me think about the way I talk and my hand gestures and, and all that. And so I try to, you know, make those more masculine and, but then it's, you know, it's okay if I, if I was gay and there's no part that it's not wrong. And I hate the part of me that thinks that it would be wrong for people to think that it's, it is, he, he exactly sounds like he's doing an impression of somebody who's 45 minutes away from coming out of the closet, which I don't know whether he is or not, but I mean, he is for sure, but can he come out? Mm. Like if he, a lot of pressure. 
there, a lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure, but I gotta imagine the noise that would be made to celebrate it would be louder than the noise that would be made to. Yes, do but, people but who hate gay would, people like Sean Mendes? I don't know. That's the question. But yeah? the I don't know that the pre the like the jubilation over him coming out would be any less pressure for him. You know, yeah. The negative pressure, because now what a young person who might well be just figuring it out. Like we don't, we don't know anything about him. Mm-hmm. We're not saying that he definitely has his own sexuality figured out and he's hiding it or whatever. He could very well be figuring it out. He could be straight. We don't know. Right. But now, in like there are equal forces. You know, there's all the regular market forces keeping you in the closet, and then there's all these people who are like, "Oh, you're out. You're our spokesman now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, which would not necessarily be the best thing for anyone it's a weird time yeah he's handsome though. time he is handsomer than either of these new york times clowns well, i'm seeing his picture now yeah there okay. you go thank you dana with the visual aids <laughs> uh we have a guest we have and a she, guest she is guests. out of the closet she is breaking she is news she is gay <laughs> and she is our spokesperson uh stand up ab cassidy will be with us after the break At ModCloth, there is no such thing as an ordinary outfit. That's right. Yeah. They've got signature styles, including hand-drawn prints and standout silhouettes that are crafted by a team of in-house designers. And best of all, it's in an inclusive size range, celebrating all women. You know, if you don't have your signature fall sweater yet... ModCloth has got you covered with cozy essentials and cute knits that won't quit. I love a cute knit. And if you're feeling festive, make sure you check out their holiday gift guide. You can find unique presents for everyone on your list. Mm-hmm. Get ready for those upcoming holiday parties. They're starting already with ModCloth's Party Boutique. And discover everything from sheer lace to luxe velvet to irresistible sparkle. You got a question about your fit? The team of Mod Stylists will hook you up with complimentary sizing and styling help. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what I know about Mod, mod Cloth. Yeah. All kinds of sizes. Extra, extra small. Extra, extra large. They got you covered and everything they in between. Also, if you're in between those two sizes, they also have you covered. I may not be the target audience myself for no. Mod Cloth to wear it, but I am the target audience for uh, gifting it. That's for sure. I know that's right. To get 15% off of your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com and enter code HP at checkout. That's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com, code HP, and get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more. This offer is valid for one-time use only, and it expires on February 2nd, 2019. We're back with A.B. Cassidy. Hey, hi. You, you came to us uh, recommended by our dear friend, Julie Rockett, uh-huh. from yes. the P-Town Film Festival. Shout out to Julie. I love me some Julie Rockett. She's, She's awesome. Great. And we also love the P-Town Film Festival. Yes, we we can announce that sure. we'll be there in 2019. Yes. Get your tickets now. Just kidding. There's no way you can get There's your tickets no way. now. But yeah, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, but we're going to so be exciting. there. That's it so will cool. be fun. We were there last year and it was heaven. Yeah. Yeah, you did a, a live recording, right? We did. That's yes. what Julie was telling me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was so much fun. Provincetown is incredible. It. It's a it's an amazing magical gay place. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Are you from the Boston area, as your jersey would suggest? Yeah, I've got an old school Bobby Orr jersey or sweatshirt on right now. Um, uh-huh. I'm from the South Shore, of Massachusetts. Oh, I'm from Duxbury, nice. Massachusetts. Yep. 
And I also grew up on the Cape. So um, I spent a lot of time in P-Town. And I just had a movie come out recently. And it played during Women's Week in Provincetown, Les Bomb. And uh, and then the P-Town Film Society was like, come out. You know, do some jokes and, and then Julie like just hooked everything up for me. Like it started with an interview and suddenly she's like, why don't you come out, promote the film? Why don't you come do a show? Uh-huh. Why don't you go on homophilia? Like uh-huh. she literally Good. just, she's the best. She just like hooked it all up. I was like, okay, who are you? It's a magical she woman. She's, she's the Julie best. Rocket. Yeah. It's good to have a Julie Rocket. And she's so like talented and awesome. Yeah. And she's got like the most amazing, hilarious children. And yeah. she's great. She's good people. She's, she's good fun. People. We had a lot of fun with her afterward. I drank mm, 25. IPAs uh, yeah. <laughs> after our show. So the end of our night together is a little fuzzy, but I know that we were yeah, bobbing same. around with Julia and her husband <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a good time. Yeah. We'll see you again in 2019, P-Town. Yeah. P-Town is magical. It's, a lot of people out here, I, I realize, don't really know about P-Town, which is no. mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, here we're like, uh, is what's P-Town? Is that Palm Springs? Right. Maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And it's literally a magical place. Like, there's just, it's just all fudge. There's like, and that's not even a gay pun. There's no. literally yes. just fudge yes. stores. There's just, it's just gay people and like, and sunshine and happiness and oysters and fudge just everywhere. And dogs, it's the number one dog-friendly uh, city in the whole state and top, like, five in the country wow. for dog friendly like you can bring your dogs into the movies you can like you can into bring your movies? dogs yes you can take your dogs everywhere oh there so there's just dogs and fudge and and then just the beach and gay people and just magic. everywhere it's oh, just magic it's a dream and it's also not gay people that are like kind of gross and intimidating no it's not no, people experience. are very friendly. Yeah, and friendly. it's a lot of like Welcome families, in. like gay families. So it, 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 like walking down there, it kind of felt like being in a world I always dreamt of being in. It's like yeah. how I imagine straight people felt, like where you walk and you just see people like you everywhere. Yeah. Like that's that was like exciting. Yeah. I was like, wow, I'm really not that different here. Yeah. Oh, what a thrill. Yeah. Uh, so can we talk about Lesbomb? Because yeah, I have absolutely. Been, uh, it, it, it is definitely in my queue, and I and it's always sort of front and center when. Um, when I turn on on demand, yeah, um, yeah, Les Bomb, written and directed by Jenna Lorenzo, um, who's just this badass lesbian filmmaker. She also stars, yeah, she stars in it, and this is like her first major feature. She had a a short called Girl Night Stand that I think it did pretty well at Outfest and a couple places. Um, but the film it just got a limited release, and now it's out on iTunes, Amazon on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody should check it out. It's a good. Good uh, home for the holidays movie. It's actually it's based around Thanksgiving, so it's pretty much a perfect oh, time. Oh, this is the time of year to see it. This oh, is the time. appropriate. Very yeah. Uh, what else are you watching? Um, these oh gosh, days, I'm watching so much stuff. Um, I feel like I'm always watching like weird things too that aren't like super relevant. Uh-huh. Um, I try to watch. I'm a, I'm a stand up comedian, so I try to watch specials. I just watched Adam Sandler's special, Hundred well, Percent Fresh. That was raving. Have you guys seen it yet? No. Okay, everyone's just going on about how awesome it is, and I've been an Adam Sandler fan through and through. I can understand what people say about mm-hmm. his latest films, but there's something to me about him that's just always going to be funny yeah. to me. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I grew up, you know, with like Billy Madison and you know Happy Gilmore is like my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely obviously have seen like a difference in his, you know, work. But this was like old school Adam Sandler. Like yeah. he's like singing songs, like, you know, like it reminded you of like Lunch Lady Land and and all these things. Uh it was way better than I thought it would be. Uh-huh. Okay. It's really good. I I did have a couple things I didn't like about it. Uh uh-huh. which is tough for me to say because I do love him. 
Um, I thought it was so awesome. But one thing is that like the, the whole thing is shot like um, in multiple different venues. Uh-huh. It's not like he just went up and did like a stand up special. Yeah. Um, they're like clips of him performing in like 10 different places, uh-huh. which is cool, but it also makes it so easy for you to get a laugh if yeah. you're just editing it to like, you know what I mean? Right. Sure. Yeah. That's like as a comedian, like I know that that's like that. Like if you were to submit to a festival, they're not going to accept it if there's edits in it because they know that yeah. you can change things to get laughter. Um, so that was one thing. And the other thing is he, the whole thing he was like, he'd tell a couple jokes and then play music, uh, and which was awesome. But his last two songs were super depressing. <laughs> he yeah. did a tribute to Chris Farley, which was awesome, oh. but, but sad and yeah. like dark, like, like a dark, like song about it. And then he dedicated the song to his wife, which was really sweet, but then it just ended on that. And I thought that was like very interesting. It was kind of like, I feel like that's with a lot of things on TV and stuff. Now you're like, I've, like even SNL, like I love current SNL, but it's also like so political. You're like, I've come here to laugh. You know what right, I mean? Like right I've on. come to laugh and now I have so many emotions. And yeah. At least take us out on it. Right. On laugh. Yeah. Comedy doesn't want to do that anymore. They want you to just like sit in this, like, you know, but so I thought I was worried that you were going to say that Sandler had like had some bad takes on like, Louis or no see that's the thing he avoided all of that which was awesome and so refreshing he just did like funny things like you know my my uber driver smells bad like things like that you know Uh like just basic relatable things that were actually pretty like he was pretty 2018 about it you know what Mm -hmm. I mean um so I don't know I I was actually very impressed at how yeah who are your other uh comedy heroes um, I got into comedy, like the, the number one guy who I was like, first saw, I was like, I want to be a comedian, um, was Greg Giraldo, oh, who yeah. died, you know, a few years ago. Um, I thought he was just the funniest thing to, to ever exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. I currently, I love, uh, I love Maria Bamford. Oh, I love yeah. Maria Bamford so much. She's just a unique and special. She's so special. There's nobody like her. She's just, she's absolutely hysterical. Robin Williams, I feel like similar kind of field of, of her, just like people that can go on stage and just like let characters out. It's very exciting. Yeah. 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 Do you get into the, the, the speaking of Geraldo, the like roast style of comedy? Can you handle that? I'm not great at doing roast stuff, um, but I really am, am into roasts and I'm into people doing it. I think it's a really like specific talent. Like I'm sure I could if I, like I, I've definitely done a couple like, roast you know yeah. type things but um i wouldn't say like i would ever sign up to be like on one of those yeah, roast battles aspiring to be on right. dais yeah a, a, yeah dais right yeah. yeah uh but i i do definitely think it's it's a it's a very unique skill and yeah. i like watching the roasts like growing up i would watch all the roasts and that's how i got into like stand-up yeah i thought it was just the funniest it's especially an impressive skill if you can be on there and you can like comment on the other women who are on the Deus, yeah, and not make it about like how old and ugly they are and how their yeah. vaginas are dusty caves or whatever. Because right. that is primarily what it like. When I saw the, I've told you this before. But I, uh, I went to the Bruce Willis one, and that had, I actually never saw it. It had it was it was good, but the, uh, Martha Stewart was there, who was awesome, and Sybil Shepherd, mm-hmm. who my friend Deanna and I stood up and gave him a good. Um, uh, a standing ovation as we you should only yeah. ones. <laughs> but every single comment about them was about how old they are how ugly they are oh I hate how their that. vaginas are you mm-hmm. know all uh, dried up 
Anyway, I hate that in general, though, with with comedians. No, no, I, I love that you brought this up because I think it's the same thing even outside of roasts, like when comics get on stage and like they're a certain type, you're kind of like, OK, um, I know you're going to say this, this or that, which is actually brings me to another special I super loved. Not that reason, but still pretty relevant. Um, Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Yeah. Um, I love I've, I've like spoken on panels about this because I love Nanette so much, um, not just because I'm also a large lesbian, um, but uh, I just like it just it really hit me as a, as a queer comic. Like she said something that really stuck with me, which is when you're when you are in a marginalized community and you make fun of yourself, it's not humility, it's humiliating. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me because it's so easy. Like I'm, I'm a six foot, 200 pound, like Bush lesbian. I could easily get on stage and be like, you know, I'm going to, let me fix your car or Uh like make a Home Depot joke. But it's it's like that kind of gives other people permission to be using these stereotypes and then making fun of other people like me. So it's kind of not doing my community many favors, you know? Yeah. So I think her special is a must, you know, if you haven't seen it, that's a must watch. Yeah. It's incredible. Basically a Ted talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But a, a really interesting and good one that that has jokes. I don't think Adam Sandler is going to get the amount of pushback that Hannah Gadsby did right. for not for doing things that aren't jokes in his comedy special. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's yeah. going to be like, oh, well, comedy's not funny anymore. Right. Everyone was like, this isn't a comedy special. It's yeah. a whole partisan show. Yeah. Yeah. People just panicked. <laughs> just <laughs> panicked with that. Um, but also with hers, like she she also kind of leaves you at the end being like. With this truth bomb, but hers was more intentional and I understood it and I respected it like as a whole. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler's was more just like, I can do whatever I want. Sure. So let me bring up my friend who died a long time ago uh-huh. and how much I love my wife after I've done an hour of pretty, you know, borderline crude jokes about her. You know, uh-huh. like uh-huh. let me just make sure I can still be loved when I get home. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of. Sure. He could have he could have done it like and then landed on a joke. I mean, even the new the new season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Have you, has anybody talked with you guys yet about the last episode? No, no. Have you seen the dance sequence? I've only seen the dance sequence. Yeah. What's the dance sequence? Okay, okay. so the season finale of the of the latest season, which mm-hmm. is the thirteenth season of Always Sunny. So like the whole show, you know, the the whole series, they've had this kind of on running or ongoing, you know, this running joke about um their Mac, one of the big, you know, characters and the creator of the show, um, and writer, like one of the head writers of it. And, about him potentially being gay. It's been like a series, like over arc of like, you know, this, this story. Right. And it's kind of actually built. And like the last season, he actually was like, I think I am gay. Yeah. It's, they've always kind of touched upon. It's never been a big thing in this Mm -hmm. season. They like really explored it. Um, the last, the very last scene of the last episode, he does this huge, you like find out that he's, he's been getting like ripped all season. He's like in incredible shape. You find out he's been professionally training as a dancer and he comes out to his like father, who's this like tough prison guy in prison. He's like, dad, I'm gay. And then he does this dance and it's like a magnificent dance where he's like with a real ballerina and he's like doing lifts. And, um, Sigur Roy is like the, the, you know, like it's this beautiful song wow. and it's in the rain and it's, this whole thing about like light versus darkness in terms of like coming to truth with your homosexuality. And it's not played for laughs. No, no. And then it ends on that. It ends on Danny DeVito like crying going, I get it. And then like applauding and it ends. Yeah. And at first when I saw it, I was like, well, I hadn't seen the whole episode, but 
everybody was messaging me about it because I, you know, I love the yeah. show and I was reading about it. So I watched the clip. Then I watched the whole episode and I was like, wait, it just ends on that. So I love it. I love that they're, you know, his, in real life, Rob, you know, um, McKelleny, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's his name, right? His, his, he has two moms. His, his moms are, yeah. um, are gay. And, and, and his I, brother is gay as well. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And the ballerina, I, I'm so sorry, I'm blanking on her name, but her brother is is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really beautiful. And I really love that they did that. That's so but, cool. you know, they could have just ended, there could have been a joke, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like there were other episodes where they talk about like the bathroom controversy and, you know, Sweet D like says something like really meaningful and everyone's like, shut up, D, like shut up. And it ends on a joke because uh-huh. it's a comedy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end on a joke. See, things don't like end on these jokes anymore. They want to end on this like powerful this wow, message. Wow, I want to see this. That all being said, it's awesome. It's yeah, really good yeah, for him that he did yeah. that. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not discrediting it. It's awesome. No, and oh, it's yeah. it is a beautifully shot, beautifully, beautifully performed shot. dance. Like you can't be believe amazed. it's coming from Always Sunny. Like I was watching, I was crying. I was like, oh my god. And it ended. And it's definitely powerful, but it's definitely something new for a show like that. Yeah, that's gone 13 seasons, like yeah. just being goofballs. Well, it's got to be such an interesting time to be a comic. Yeah. Because you can like, it, it's, it's wide open. Yeah. Right. Like you really can take risks that you couldn't even just a couple of years ago. Well, yes, I know. I mean, you can take risks in that sense on mm-hmm. like ending on something unique or being unique. Like, you know, I'm a gender fluid comic. That wouldn't always be a thing like in past, yeah. you know, years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you can't say a lot of stuff. You can't say a lot of stuff without like offending people or without uh-huh. people like, you know, like people are so sensitive these days. So it's a great time to be a comic and it's also a tough time. Yeah. It's kind of this mix. Is there a joke you've had to lose? Um, No, but like because I am gender fluid, like I sometimes like fear that like like I have certain jokes that I like always am constantly worrying like would upset like my trans friends, you know, um, like I have a joke where I say that I'm gender fluid and I would probably transition. I just don't feel like being a straight white dude in 2018. Uh-huh. Um, and that it just seems like the worst idea ever, but I tell that joke and then I'm like, God, like I, I, even in the back of my mind, I get scared. I'm like, would that offend someone who's actually transitioned? You know what I uh-huh. mean? Like, and I don't like that as a comic, I'm constantly now yeah. like, it's like I'm 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 basically am a trans dude. Like I'm not actually offending them. I'm just trying to bring light to people like us, you know? Yeah. But I feel like nowadays you always have to, you know. Sure. I did used to have a joke about my cat being um autistic because he actually is my cat is on the spectrum diagnosed and i had a joke about it that's a diagnosis a diagnosis for my vet how does he present like what's his he see i used to have this whole joke about it and then i realized like my whole life i've worked with people with intellectual disabilities i used to coach like basketball teams i've worked with the special olympics it's a really big passion of mine and i never once thought that that joke might be offensive because i always try to tailor it in a certain way and one time my friend came to my show who has asperger's and as I told the joke, I was just like, I just didn't like it. I just was like, I just don't feel like it's right. So in a way, I feel like comedy, you do have to start to be sensitive, but it also we're getting to a point where we're so sick of like making fun of people and making people feel like they're not equal, you, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I take, it's not even that he said something to me. It's that I personally was like, that feels offensive. Or personally, I was like, am I offending trans people? So it's not even other people being like, don't say this or that. It's just me becoming more aware, being yeah, like. It's personal growth. Right. Exactly. And Hannah Gatsby's whole like Nanette just being like, what, at what cost are yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Um, but the joke was actually totally fine. But I never told it again. I okay. never told it again. Because, sorry, can we just go back to Yeah, we can go back to Yeah, Norm. yeah Normie. Walk us through <laughs> this. How did you discover this? Okay, so I have two cats. I'm a cat lesbian. Okay. Um, 
my cat Nelson is just like such a cat. He's like fluffy, orange, beautiful cat. Um, and they're, they, they hang around a lot. Like most cats kind of go and like hide, you know, they, they're like dogs. Like people come over, they can't eat, like people like don't like cats. They love my cats. They just, they're, they're just the chillest. But my cat Norm does like really weird things. Like he's very vocal, but he'll just like walk around like meowing, like at the, like the top of his lungs. At, like, and he'll do it to the wall. He'll like look at the wall and be like, meow, meow. He'll like scream at it. And he started doing like weird things. Like he'd eat like shiny objects. Like he ate my my grandma's hearing aid. Oh, no. Like he swallowed it. No, just like chews at it. Yeah. Like, and he'd collect things like, like quarters and shiny objects and he hides them into this like one area. And then middle of the night, he like takes them all out and like runs around. Very interesting things. So I took him and my friend started kind of just saying, like, I think there's something just, you know, just a little interesting. He's kind of sensitive to sounds. Uh-huh. Like he's just, a he's, I'm telling you that he's like a little off, you know? Um, but he's super sweet and he's actually really, really smart. He can play fetch. He can sit like all these things. Wow. Um, and I took him to the vet and I said, uh, and this is essentially what the joke was. So I guess I am telling it again, but whatever. I'm Um, demanding it. Yeah. I took him to the vet and I asked, you know, can cats be on the spectrum? I'm just curious. And she was like, yes, absolutely. They, they absolutely can. And I was like, would you say his name's Norman? I was like, would you say Norm? Would you say Normie is? And it literally felt like, like as if like it was a movie, like a, like the camera like panned over and there's like Norman sitting on the ground, um, sticking his tongue into an outlet. <laughs> <laughs> and he wasn't licking the outlet. He was literally like, like sticking his <laughs> yeah. tongue in the outlet. I was like, oh. Normie, Normie, stop. Like, do, do that at home. Like, no, don't do that here. And wow. she was like, yeah, I, uh, I'd say so. Definitely, yes. <laughs> oh. And so he just I does stuff him. like that. Yeah, he's very sweet. He's a very sweet boy. But so I, there's no, there's not a treatment. I'm assuming. No, he's, he's just, just how he is. But he, like, he's just so strange. He doesn't know his volumes, but he's really smart and really, really friendly. Like, I'm telling you, he can like understand like, like English, like. I've tried to change like my tone, you know, like sometimes you talk to a dog, Mm -hmm. they just know like the tone or the pitch. Like I've tried to say things like flat, like I'll be like, I'm leaving now. Goodbye. And he'll like run to the door and be like, meow, meow. And he'll like block the door. Like he's like smart. He like cries when I leave. He's like, he's really smart. Wow. Yeah. I want to meet Normie. Yeah, I know. Normie's so sweet. And he's huge. He's like 20 pounds. He's a huge cat. Oh, we got it. Next time you come in. I should have brought him. Got to bring Normie. I'm so sorry. I just (laughs) had to watch a cat uh, in New York. The apartment that I stayed in um, came with a cat. And uh, so I had to to watch Mm -hmm. her. And and I'm not a cat person generally, but when I would leave, and also like when I was just starting to wake up and this cat wanted to be fed or wanted to be brushed or whatever, she had a, a specific meow. Oh my gosh. That was literally this. Hello. No. What? Hello. <laughs> it was exactly <laughs> like that. Hello. It was literally saying like hello. At me. <laughs> did they warn you when you were yeah. No, they By did the way, not. Cat says hello. No, they did not. What? So I would go out, out like to go about my business for the day and close the door behind me and I would hear as I got in the elevator. Hello. Oh my! It was heartbreaking. First of all, that's hysterical, and second of all, the fact that they didn't put it like in their like home yeah. notes or yeah. like, yeah, like, like here's our vet number. Yeah. yeah, or maybe she only does it for me. I don't know. That'd be that, yeah, you, now you need to confront that. Like, yes, I do. What if they were like, we've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that cat was really trying to communicate something. Yeah, 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 help, yeah. Help me. Complex they don't ideas. Feed me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Whoa. well, folks, we're gonna take a break. And we're going to talk some more about cats, just privately. Mm -hmm. And we'll be back with more 
of A.B. Cassidy. I often toss and turn trying to get myself to sleep. Oh, tell me about it. I get those, uh, I get those midnight, uh, scaries oh. where I think about my age. Yeah. And, I, and then I think the only thing that would uh, help is checking my phone and oh. maybe just staring at that for a while. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah, sure. It's middle of the night. Let's see what's going on on Twitter. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> it's all idea. terrible. Terrible idea. But you know, what's not terrible. What? Calm. That's right. If you have trouble sleeping like us, you're not alone. Clearly, sleep is essential to our health and happiness. That's why we're excited to partner with Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, relaxation. It was named app of the year last year by Apple. And if you head to calm.com slash homophilia, calm.com is always tricky to say, it's but also one. it's fun. It is. Speaking of fun, if you go to calm.com slash homophilia, you'll yep. get 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of premium programs. Calm.com. The tip of the tongue, the thing with the teeth, the dip, send, the whatever. I, what was that thing? Oh, what to do to die yeah. today at a minute or two till two. Did you ever have to do those? Of course. And we had to do pa 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 ba 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 ta 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 ka 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 Disgusting. Anyway. Calm.com is one of those, is what we're saying. Yes. And it's also a great sleep app. And uh, you're going to get sleep stories. You're going to get, which are uh, bedtime tales for grownups mm-hmm. designed to quiet your mind and relax your body. Then you're going to get uh, lavender fields of France with Stephen Fry. <gasps> you can explore New Zealand with Jerome Flynn from Game of Thrones. Guided meditations on topics like anxiety and stress and sleep and soothing music and more. It has helped all of the people who do calm meditations and sleep stories and whatnot have very soothing voices. It's great. They do their enunciation exercises. Will you walk a little faster, said the whiting to the snail. Yes. etc. I got those on my brain. For a limited time, listeners of Homophilia can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash homophilia. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash homophilia. Mm-hmm. It includes unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content that will have you drifting off to dreamland in no time. Get started today at calm.com slash homophilia and then get to sleep. Pipplepee, 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 and we're back hello hello that is impressive it really was i like that you guys moved the chair away too to do hello yeah i don't want to torture my it's got a little robin williams in it too mrs doubtfire oh what if it was just a mrs doubtfire cat like hello it could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, she's just trying to do her best uh, Doubtfire impression. Yeah, it could be. It was a very popular movie. Uh, AB, where do you live? Uh, I live here in LA now. I'm originally ah. from, you know, like I said, outside Boston, and uh-huh. uh, I live in LA. I live in a little uh, little Jewish neighborhood called Beverly Wood, which sure. nobody knows. And I, I know it. You do? Good. Yes. I'm impressed. Yeah. Uh, and do you live alone? I do. I live alone with my two cats, mm-hmm. um, but I have a pretty awesome girlfriend. Nice. I've been seeing for like a year and a half. Tell us everything. Um, oh, God. She's so fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's wonderful. Uh, her name's Jamie. She's actually an actress as well, uh, uh-huh. Jamie Renee Smith. Uh-huh. Um, and we met doing a play. We did the Young Playwrights Festival. Oh, nice. Like, um, I guess a year and a half ago. Cool. And we dated like in the play, in the show. The the uh-huh. whole play was about our relationship. And then we just like fell in love in real life, like via the stage. Oh, wow. A and showmance yeah. that came true. It was like literally the most LA thing ever. And I'm just going to 
say this. I don't know. Maybe she'll listen and maybe I'll get in trouble, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> she had a boyfriend. She had a boyfriend oh, at the time. At the time? Yes. It was very scandalous. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we're both very, like, honest people. So it wasn't like... It was it was actually a really awkward. Situation. Had she yeah. exclusively dated guys until? Yeah, I'm the first girl she's ever been with. Yeah, and you're you're lighting up with a certain pride. As I know. You say this. I have a lot of pride. I, I, mean, I have I a lot of pride. You. So how then did it did it start? You know, it was, it was pretty wild. Like so the. The play was written by this girl, India Kodis, and she was only 17. It, are you guys aware of the Young Playwrights Festival? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, they put it on every year and they'll hire like legit actors and like legit directors to come in and put on this play for these young playwrights. And this girl, India Kodis, she's actually Greg Kodis's daughter who wrote Urine Town. Uh-huh. Um, it was like the most amazing play, especially written by a 17-year-old, like just this beautiful story about this lesbian relationship, this couple um, that goes through like you know, basically one of them gets sexually assaulted and and they have to confront it and it's how they like move forward together in this relationship. So it's like really serious and heavy. And there's only two other characters, which is like this one guy and then like a mom. And it's mostly based around this couple. And it was cast with somebody else um, in the role. And unfortunately, there were conflicts and they had to back out. And the whole the whole process only happens over like four weeks. So now we have like a week and a half until the show goes up. And I was like, I might have to drop out because it's such a heavy play between, you know, it's like really like reliant on this chemistry that like it's going to make me look bad if I don't have someone that I can connect with. And the producer who got me into the project and is a good friend of mine, um, Brie Pavy, she was like, we've worked together before in plays. And she was like, if we can't find anyone you know, we can't cast anyone. I'll play it. And I knew I had great rapport with her already, like really good chemistry. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll stay in it. And they cast Jamie Renee Smith. And this girl and I had like the most incredible chemistry, like instantly. And after every show, people would be like, do you guys date in real life? Like your chemistry is unreal. And we'd go after every show that was, it was at the Stella Adler in oh, Hollywood yeah. and Highland. So we'd walk over to Mel's after every show sure, and like nice. eat wings and like, just talk about life. And we, um, at the end of the play, there's like this kiss and, um, on the very last show we kissed and I could like feel that it was like a real kiss. Like it was like a oh different kiss God. than before. <gasps> and uh, what was, by the way, just leading up to it what in rehearsals, what were the negotiations around the kiss? Do you remember those con- those conversations? God, that's like- such a good question. Um, I'm I remember being nervous um, and we didn't really do the kiss again. This whole thing happened in like a week and a half, like the play mm-hmm. going up. So that scene was kind of towards the end. Um, I know I remember this. I remember this really distinctly. I remember the first time we um, like a couple times we ran it and, and they'd go like, OK, and then you kiss and then lights down and we wouldn't actually kiss. And then they'd go, OK, we're going to run the we're going to actually do the scene now. And I remember I did turn to her and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to actually kiss you this time. Is that okay? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. And I had started to kind of like her and I kind of looked and I could see she was like a little nervous. (laughs) And that's when I kind of knew I was like, oh, I think she might like me too. Um, But then I was like, maybe she doesn't. And she has a boyfriend. So it'd be really professional now. And so then I like got serious, but then again, yeah, by the last, the last you know, right in the last performance. You felt it. Yeah. So what happened after the show's over, the kiss is real, but she still has a boyfriend. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, well, he also came to the show at one point, which was like, oh, my God, so awkward. Even more awkward than that, her family came to the show, uh-huh. and they live in Orange County. And she was like, you know, I don't think my dad's ever seen me do any kind of role like this. And I actually shook her dad's hand after the show and, like, made a joke. I was like, don't worry. I'm not going to actually switch her. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Like, I'm <laughs> she, yeah, like I'm not going to actually get her to date me. And now I've been with her a year and a half. Um <laughs> I think about it every time I see him. Of course. Yeah. So does he. Um, I don't know. The whole thing happened so fast. Uh, I, I was producing a comedy show at the Mint, mm-hmm. and I, I think it had the show had our show had just ended. It was like a day or two after, and, and she came by the show and um, at the Mint, like the, my show had ended, and we were all just dancing, and she came, and she literally was wearing like the sexiest dress, and we like secretly made out in the bathroom, and then we were like, we shouldn't do this, and she's like, I'm going to figure it out, and she broke up with him, and and then we started dating like instantly. Wow. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Oh, I love this story. Yeah. But we were trying to be like really respectful about it because mm-hmm. she was dating like a really cool guy and it wasn't like there, you know, there had been anything like major there. They just weren't right for each other. Right. And are we still friends with him? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so scared about running into him. Like he's in the industry too. And I have like a fear of like seeing him. Yeah, like we've worked in like similar circles. It's like a fear of mine. Like, oh, oh God. he's fine. He'll be all right. <laughs> I'm just He'll the be all right. big giant lesbian that took your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were dating for like two and a half years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And so it's was it like a fraught experience for her? Not that you can speak for her, but was was it just instant? Like, oh, I, I, I like women. And Honestly, it's so wild for me because I've been with girls before, like who I haven't been with. You know, I'm like their first like girl experience. Um, and it's usually like such a like much bigger deal to them, which it should be because it's something brand new. It never really felt that way with Jamie. Like and I, I don't I don't know. I do identify as gender fluid. Um, I'm definitely like very masculine and, and you know, like she called like we I refer to myself with gender neutral pronouns a lot and and she does as well. And so I think like for her, um, because I am like that, that like it kind of maybe was like a smoother transition. It's a familiar feeling, right. familiar dynamic. That's the only thing I can really think because I'm, I mean, she calls me her boyfriend. I am her boyfriend, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so I think that like it was just this familiar, you know, thing. But even to the next level, like her family welcomed me with open arms. Like I've, I've been with a lot of different girls and none of their families have ever liked me. They haven't even met me. They just were like, we don't like how gay you are or how different you are or whatever. And this family just like, they come to my comedy shows. Like I go down there and have like lunch with them. Like they bring me over for the holidays. Like just the coolest as cool can be. That's excellent. Like I can't even believe it. (laughs) I'm like really lucked out. Like what is happening here? Like she's the coolest. Her family's the coolest. They don't even care. Like it's, it's not even a big deal to them. Like she never had this big coming out thing. She was just like, I'm with AB now. Like it just was what it was. Wow. Yeah. That was probably like to me the sexiest thing about her. Like it was never this big thing. It was just like, she was just so cool from the get. Like it it was almost like it wasn't like I'm gay now. It was this whole thing. She was just like. I just love you for like for you, you know. Uh-huh. Wow. I just love you. <laughs> well, so we're a year and a half in. Yep. Is there talk of moving in or next steps? Yeah, we we um we definitely want to move in. There's a slight problem. 
Um, she's allergic to cats. Oh, no. I knew it. Oh, I knew it. I knew God, it. I, knew I it. don't know what I knew to do. there was heartbreak around she the corner. She just has to get over it. I mean, there was, you're not going to get rid of your cats. I would I mean, never. I mean, yeah. I hate to say it, but I love so them. Aren't there, aren't there med- First of all, I think you can build up a tolerance. Well, that's what we were thinking, but we're, we're a year and a half in this <laughs> tolerance. Happen. No, it's not built. But also, like, they call me the animal whisperer. Like, I love animals. Like, I'm constantly working with animals and being around animals. I foster. I foster dogs a lot uh-huh. i fostered a dog a couple weeks ago that i was like i might keep and she just was like the most allergic ever like breaking oh, out in hives type of allergic so i immediately had to be like no more dog um but the cats like i'd be like okay well i'm just gonna be like super clean you know i already like am pretty clean and even before she comes over i'll like clean everything like i even clean my sheets like everything like i'll change i'll shower change my clothes like everything and she'll still come over and like have the allergies um and she takes some medication but apparently we just were reading it you can get like different shots and stuff for it okay that's our next you're talking yeah there's hope for you there's hope i mean we got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. She's like, I want her to move into my place. I live in a two bedroom. I'm alone. I have a great spot. Um, and she's like, let's get like our own place. Cause the cats and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, you know, they'd come with us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like she keeps saying as if like, we'll get this new place and the cats won't be there. Yeah. She's like, like, we'll just rent to, we'll just keep the cats yeah. <laughs> at the Beverlywood place. Yeah, get a new one. Yeah. Then you should, could just visit Nelson and Norman when you need to. They could have, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody by any chance? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I just saw it. And he, I didn't know Freddie Mercury was a big cat person. I read all about this. Yeah, yeah. they each cat had their own room. Oh, that's what I was reading. That's like my dream life. Me too. Yeah. All with dogs, but also cats. Yeah, they, they're welcome too. Um, but yeah, that's the one thing. So we're just trying to figure it out now. What to do about the allergies? And I have yeah. literally no allergies, so I can't even relate. And yeah. I'm so like not even sympathetic. I'm like, you're fine. She's like, I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm like, it is fine. Touch this cat. He's very friendly. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I, I cannot breathe. <laughs> uh, well, but you know what? Maintaining separate addresses is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially a year and a half in. Right. You know? I'm not a U-Haul lesbian. Okay. See, other lesbians, they can't handle it. They're like, you've dated for o- over two weeks and you're not moved in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many move-ins have you had? How many, like- I've never lived with somebody no? I've dated. No. But I'm also like, I'm so independent. Like, I love to, I'm a comedian. Like, I have such a dark side to me. I like mm-hmm. to, like, go in and just be alone and, you know, smoke my weed and not talk to anybody. Right. Like, I kind of like my my downtime. Mm-hmm. I also um, went to boarding school. So I had been living with people since I was like 14 years old. Right. So when I got my own place like two years ago or two and a half years ago, I was like, this is it. Yeah. I, I will dream. live alone You're forever. Have to, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ride this out for a while. Yeah. Just me and my cats. Do you dare to offer an explanation for the U-Haul phenomenon? We don't have to keep it in. I mean, there's no way to do it without generalizing in a disgusting way. Yeah. I'm just curious. It's such a generalization. Yeah. I personally think it's because, um, and I don't mean this as a stereotype against women. I just think that, and I even think it's something a lot of women would agree, that we have a lot of like emotions and feelings. And um, I think when you have two women together, there's a lot of emotions and feelings. And it kind of makes sense to like, I don't know, women, I feel like that's why they say that like, I mean, look, look at LA. There's not, there is not one lesbian club in Los Angeles. Right. Los Angeles is probably the number one lesbian 
capital of the country, okay? There's not a single only lesbian club. Mm -hmm. And it's because they'll have lesbian nights where, like, women will go out, but it's always unpredictable because a lot of women like to stay in. And it's like they found their person. Like, they just, like, they they know what they like, and they usually just, like, stay in. And, like, why not then live together at that point? If you're compatible and you're just, like, do your own thing. Like, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love Jamie. Like, we spend so many nights just, like, watching Netflix and smoking weed and, like, watching Jeopardy and, like, Uh playing backgammon. Like, old people, you know? But, like, I think that it's a thing that a lot of women can admit, like, you know, they just really enjoy each other's companionship almost. Yeah. But I identify with that certainly more than I do a lot like other maybe gay male relationship models. I mean, what you just described is is my life, you know? Yeah. Right. With Michael. Yeah, I don't know. It is so interesting because I do feel, though, that like gay men go out like way more. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like like an insane amount. Like, I, I don't know. So. It's just interesting. Maybe we should do a study on them, on different lesbians and gay people. <laughs> and they're mating and migratory. Yeah. Just I, I have been out of it. So, I mean, I, I had my time also where I went out a ton. And I've been out of that for so long that I genuinely don't know. And it was also like a little bit before the, like, the you know, apps were everywhere. I genuinely don't know if people do it the same way they did, you know. Like, Back in my day. What do you mean? Like going like out? The, and the like, gay guys are going out at the same rate. Right. And just and hitting the bars to meet people because they, that's also just, they just have where people meet people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and lesbians don't even have a great app like that. I mean, we have her and I, I like her because her actually throws events for for queer women, which yeah. I think is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like they'll throw like parties or get togethers or whatever. And they make it really inclusive. And I love that. But whenever like I was single and I go on these apps, like there's like nobody on there like if they are on there they haven't been on in like four months like nobody's like responsive you could never just go on and get a hookup that night like that would never ever ever happen like on grinder you can literally be like beep beep someone's 10 feet away let's go bang in the bathroom you know what i mean like and i'm basically a dude so i'm like why do we not have this (laughs) why do i not have something that's just this accessible you know like and then i have to do a whole thing where it's like i have to pay for the dinner and then i have to do all these i'm basically a straight guy like why can't i have a grinder it's unbelievable (laughs) like i just I just want someone 10 feet away that just wants to have sex. Like that would just be so nice. But women, they're like, no, let's, let's U-Haul. Let's, uh, let's live together immediately. So what is the social solution then for, for the young LA lesbian on the go? I don't know. My friend, uh, DJ Goodboy throws some awesome parties. So yeah. I guess that, <laughs> I guess her I parties. Love the name already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah DJ Goodboy. She's awesome. What kind of music are we talking? Um, Jeez, I don't know about music. I guess like just clubby music and stuff. Um, But I will say this. She's literally like, I I think she's like the guru of lesbians in West Hollywood. She now works for This Free Life, which is the um, anti-tobacco campaign that's geared towards the queer community. Um, I actually modeled for them recently. They're awesome. They're really cool. They're like funded by the FDA, but it's like for the gays. So we get to like throw parties for the gays. It's pretty cool. Um, But now she throws parties for them. So she throws these like awesome, like extravagant queer women parties. And it's a really good place to meet people because people actually show up like it's I mean, she DJs at Dinah Shore at all these like big, you know, lesbian getaway places. But um, I think someone's got to pick her brain because every party she has has so many people, yet there's still no club for lesbians or bar or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's like there are people that are saying like what I'm saying, which is like they want to go out and meet people and whatever. It's just really hard to find that scene, um, especially if you don't know it. Like, you know, who to talk to or whatever. So if you're a lonely lesbian, go look up DJ Good Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to the parties. 
Um, before you were with Jamie, mm-hmm. I would imagine you've done a lot of uh, shows that like your Dinah Shores, your cruises, your like that, that scene. Mm-hmm. And were you, uh, were you, were people, were fans just throwing themselves at you after your shows? I mean, um, did you live that life? Uh, well, geez, um, it's kind of tough. Not, not completely. Honestly, like where I'm at now in my career, I feel like I'm getting more of those opportunities, which I have to constantly like obviously shut down and I'm happy to because I love Jamie. Um, but, um, I never, no, I definitely never like, I guess sometimes like certain shows when I would do like really big show, there'd be like somebody that like whatever, but it, it never was like some like rock and roll lifestyle though. I like to think in my, my world, maybe you know, it could have been, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Comedians definitely, I think like people, I think people are really fascinated with the concept of stand-up comedy because so many people have a fear of it. So I feel people are almost more just drawn to talk to you just because they're like, not so much. They're like, I want to sleep with you or whatever, but they're just kind of like almost intrigued. Yes. Um, like for me, that's how I feel about people who can do karaoke. Like I could never ever sing in public. Like Mm -hmm. I'd be absolutely mortified. I can get on stage and do anything, but I could never just sing in front of like a bunch of strangers. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> There's also like a feeling of uh, that I, I, I had as like um, someone in the like periphery of the comedy world where I would like date a comedian type person and, and have a feeling of like, maybe I can fix them. Yeah. No, <laughs> maybe yeah. I can save them. You know, no, no, that's totally. You can't. We're the darkest people, too. And I hate when comedians try to be like, oh, we're not dark and depressed. It's like, no, you're really fucking. Can I say fucking? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, You're really fucking dark and depressed. Everybody is like, it's hard to do comedy if you're not. (laughs) There's no way you're happy. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to subject myself to getting on stage for a bunch of strangers and maybe failing. You know, uh, you have to kind of be like, eh, why the fuck not? You have to get to that part in your brain in order to do it, you know? What was boarding school like? Are we talking late aughts? Doing um, the math. Late what? Like late aughts. What's aughts? The two thousands. Like, that's what you're calling late that's what that is. That late first aughts. decade. Ooh, I like that. Well, um, we never really decided on a name, but the one I hear most is aughts. Um I guess I'm 26, so I graduated yeah. from high school in 2010. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, late aughts, late aughts. Um, Where was it? God, I actually went to multiple different boarding schools. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was a wild child. I was oh, a wild right. child. I still am wild. Um, okay, let me preface this though. A lot of people they'll say I got sent to boarding school. Uh-huh. I went to boarding school. My yeah. parents didn't want me to go. I okay, so I grew up in a really small town, one stoplight. Um, I was literally the local lesbian. Uh, so I just like, it, it It wasn't a very accepting town. Like now that I go back there, it's like, it's so beautiful. It's on the beach and people are way cooler. But like growing up, it was very like, if you don't, if you're not like an amazing lacrosse player, you're nothing, right. you, you know? Um, so, and I was like this overweight, like gender fluid, like I was like, a, you know, butch lesbian, like uh, person that just was like, what's happening? And there's um, such kindness among Massachusetts so teenagers. There, yeah. Just in general, it's they really speak the language of yeah. love and kindness. And sensitivity. Like, yeah. You're yeah. different. Wow. We accept you. Yeah. Uh-huh. that's. Uh, uh, but I, I literally was like, I have to go to a different school, like in eighth grade. I actually spoke at my eighth grade graduation. Like I got like I'm always I've always been like, like I stand up to people that like I know don't like me, you know, like I'll just get up and be like, here I am. What was your um, eighth grade graduation speech? I honestly don't remember. I think I blacked out. Uh, <laughs> or, I mean, were you the like valedictorian or whatever the eighth grade equivalent I was like is? a picked, um, they didn't have those, but you could like submit a speech and they picked like the top like three or like 
five or whatever, like speeches to pick. Um, and I just got up. I think I talked about like being different or whatever. And then, um, my mom, my mom like always talks about it because she was like, you stood up there in a dress. <laughs> like they forced me to wear a dress. Mm. And at this time, like, I mean, I knew I was gay when I was like 10, you know, so. Um, but anyways, that was it for me. I was like, I have to go. And my parents were like, you can't go to boarding school. And so I was like, I'm going to go. And so I like applied to all these boarding schools behind their backs and I got into them. And then I was like, here's all the schools I got into. And I'd like to go look at them. <laughs> And then they were like, okay. So we drove up through New England and uh-huh. I went to Kent's, it's called Kent's Hill School. It's such a hard name. It should be Kent Hill School and it's yeah. not. It's Kent's, Kent's Hill, Hill, which is like the word, like, I, I don't even know how to lie. I am Kent and here's my hill. Yeah, right. But it, And the town's called Kent's Hill, so it's not like they could like change it. Right. It's It just sounds wrong. But anyway, I, I went to Kent's Hill for two years. Uh-huh. And then I went back to Duxbury High School. Um, and then I actually went to a boarding school for weight loss, um, for a little bit, which is no longer exists. It was the only one in the country mm-hmm. and it was a boarding really school for weight loss. Yeah. It was a weight loss boarding school. And was this by choice? Um, yes and no. So when I went back to my public school, I gained like a lot of weight cause I was like closeted and like, you know depressed mm-hmm. and whatever and um, hadn't found stand up comedy <laughs> and um my mom that summer was like you have to go to weight loss camp because i just was like really overweight and she kind of like framed it in a nice way like it was like oh like it's this camp it's it's mostly like an athletic camp and it's this or that and i was like i'm not going i'm not going and she was like it's all girls and i was like okay i'll go (laughs) i went to this camp and um you know, I really loved it. I lost a lot of weight and I just was like the happiest I've ever been. I ended up staying like extra weeks and they had like a school version. So when I went back to my public school that year, I kind of was like missing that feeling I had had at the camp. And I asked my parents if I could like go to like the school version. And so I just went for like a couple months and then I went back to my public school and graduated from there. But it you wasn't, loved it. I loved it. It wasn't like a school that you went to and like graduated from. It was kind of like you would go. It was almost like a rehab for like heavy kids. You'd like right. go. I, I, I loved it and I also hated it. It was really strict. It was kind of like. One of those like outdoors, like program kind of things. Like you couldn't have a phone. You couldn't use computers, Yeah, which is hard when you're like 17. You couldn't have relationships, but it was 90% girls. And so I dated everybody at the school. (laughs) King of the lesbians there. I had a blast. I flourished. (laughs) I flourished. Now I'm seeing why you loved it more. Yes. Yeah. My parents were like, it seems like this place is psychotic. And I'm like, yes, but there's a lot of really awesome women and everyone's losing weight. So they're really like confident and loving themselves. It's like a positive place. (laughs) Wow. And so then back to public school. Yep. Graduated. Graduated from there. Mm Mm-hmm. They basically saw it as like like a study abroad almost. Sure. Um, it never even like really went on like my transcript. It just was like a study abroad type thing. Wow. So, but yeah, that's my crazy story. I don't think I've ever really fully shared that. But it's yeah. really interesting. I didn't <laughs> did. even know that that it was a thing. Yeah. Um, I've actually been writing a show that's like loosely like with that in, in mind because I feel like that's such a concept that's that's so interesting right now. You big time weight loss. It's school. And it's, it's very. It's a fraught topic too because there's such a fine line between like health and all of the other stuff that comes the the dark side of it right as an industry and and it was an interesting place because there was there were some people that were like really really heavy set there was a girl there who was labeled britain's fattest teen they literally called her that in the media oh god Um, and she was 500 pounds and she was 15 years old um and like, okay, so she should be there because it's life or death. Uh-huh. But then there were girls from like Boca Raton, Florida, who were like 
not really overweight and you could just tell that their moms just like didn't accept them and that was sad so it was kind of like a weird thing to like see you know like it was an inch especially me who like is such an observant human being that like always wants to like see what's going on i just was always like getting in the psyche of these people and their families like because i didn't get sent there like i literally had to beg my parents everyone else was like you came here by choice it's kind of like putting yourself into a mental hospital you're like i should be here this seems this seems safe (laughs) by the way a lot of us could benefit from a couple months in a mental hospital. yeah absolutely go ahead check yourself in for three days you'll feel remarkable what a dream (laughs) yeah just don't even talk with anyone get some free meds yeah talk to a therapist for free very gentle <laughs> then lose um, your california gun license for 10 years it's great it's okay. solid. Yeah. Not, not applicable that's fine yeah. and did this period of time do i mean it, it's, it sounds like it, there wasn't a ton of like like psychic damage like because that i mean i i can imagine a world in which that is a very that can be a traumatizing experience that you have to then undo as an adult. Um, no, it was definitely traumatizing. It was. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's just that yeah. you're on the other side of it now and yeah. I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm seeing that light. Yeah. But, I mean, it's really hard to traumatize me. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to traumatize me. I could see how it was for, like, other people, again, that maybe were, like, sent there whose families, like, didn't accept them or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Um, I'm sure the tabloids were not kind to uh, Britain's fattest teenagers. Right. Like calling her too fat for 15. Uh, like just really like, you know. So for in that sense, yeah. But I mean, I'm, you know. So what, what were your coping me- mechanisms to like get to the other side of it? Uh, mostly stand-up comedy, Yeah, I guess. But I've also been big my whole life. And it's something that I like kind of use to my advantage now. I feel like when you can start like. I don't know. I think when you can get, fu- if you can get funny, it's like your best way out of anything. Yeah, it's the best armor. <laughs> it really is. It's the thickest armor you can find. God. A.B. Cassidy, thank you so much for AB, being here. It's been so a blast. cool. You guys yeah. are so cool. This, this has is, been like, I didn't even know what to expect. Cool. I'm like, let me talk about Fat Camp. Let me tell you about my autistic cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, we've we just gone down. Yeah. Uh, please my come back girlfriend. again. Yeah. yeah, bring Jamie next time. I will. Yeah. And Norman. And Norman. You're not well, allowed through no, the wait, door without Norman. Well, no, wait, hold on. She might get start sneezing. <laughs> okay, Norman, I want these shots for her because yeah. I, I think there's something there. I do yeah. too. Yeah. She's pretty special. I really love her. Oh, we think you're pretty special. Uh, thank you, Abby Cassidy, awesome. for doing this. Thank, thank you, you so Airwolf. Much. Thank you, Ben, for the music. Uh, thank you, Julie Rocket, for bringing us AB. Yeah, jeez. Uh-huh. Shout out to Julie. You're awesome. Thank you Shouts so much. To Julie. And to you. We'll see you next week. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen.
listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.